All right, guys, we uh, just had a shoot the shit episode then. Welcome back to Adventure Fruit Radio. Uh, Bill and myself probably went a little bit more um, down a serious path than we had recently. We spoke about um, some stuff in the GBS that I'm surely be interested. We uh, we became uh, quite serious, didn't we, mate? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. There's a lot of full on stuff that's happened in the yeah, last. Uh, it really has. Last last few days. So some stuff that needs talking about. I think. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's always good to to change it up every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to be silly gooses all the time. No. Um, anyway, guys, just a little update from from us too. Um, Basically, it was the basically the good, the bad, and the science for the whole episode. But um, yeah. let's uh, let's get into the sponsors and then uh, and then into the show. So our sponsors today are audible.com uh, forward audibletrial.com forward slash advf radio. So Audible is our sponsor. Get your free audiobook and thirty day trial there. Um, also, we are sponsored by AdventureFit Radio. Check out www.adventurefittravel. AdventureFit Travels, who we're sponsored by. <laughs> uh, check out www.adventurefittravel.com Good. for all of our trips that we have coming up. Um, rushing this intro somewhat because we have another guest that's lined up and he'll be here in a couple of minutes. Um, so, so, yeah. So, yes. anyway, guys, hope you enjoy a little catch-up from me and Tommy. Speak to you soon. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? I'm with you if you want to live. I did. some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty. Oh. So, what's been going on, mate? Well, I've uh, I've had back issues. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. What's, what's happening? Well... I don't know. My um, I say really what's happening when I know you know well exactly. told me the other day. <laughs> we had a big chat about this. Yeah. Well, I you know as soon as I get injured, I'm like I'm dead. I'm dying. This is all happening. I'm paraplegic. It's all <laughs> happening. And so I had like the slightest little issue um, in my back, which I, I honestly believe it's just from weak abs. Yeah. Um, despite the fact I've got a fourteen thousand pack, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just it's just giving me a bit of grief. But I thought it was disbulging. And all that sort of shit, you know. That's why I called you. You, you don't want disc bulging. You'd know. You'd know if it was disc bulging. Yeah, would sure. be able to move. What we used to, what used to happen to me when I'd get um, bulge discs is I'd be feeling a million dollars. You know, I'm feeling a million bucks in training, feeling strong, feeling fit, and then I'd do a squat or a clean or some sort of lift, and then I'd go, I'd go "Oh, that was a strange, strange little tweak I had there. Like yeah, a tiny little. Oh, that didn't didn't feel right." And then. I'd always be in denial. I'd go, Hook, and then I thought, nah, it's all right. I'd yeah. either finish the set or finish the session. or I just would never feel, it would feel so innocuous. It, mm. Yeah, mm. You'd never think anything of it. And then like probably six hours later, my if you put a string line or a, or a, a level from my belly button to my nose, for example, yep. like, or from my hips, from my pelvis to my nose, I'd be like probably an inch and a half off. Really? Yeah. Like So I get a big, huge... Um, S curvature in my spine and yep. I can't like I'm pigeon chested oh. my spine's all tweaked out and I can't even fucking walk properly oh. so 
that's a not all disc bulges get back spasms. So you had I'd a bad get, one, did you? Oh well, I had um two bulging discs and a torn disc, and the when I would take my MRIs to um, specialists, they would ask me if I'd had a major trauma before. Like, have you had any car accidents, or have you have you ever um have you ever had any 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 major traumas in your life? And mm. I'm like, no. What, what, why would you ask that? And they're like, oh, you've you've done a real good job of this. Yeah, yeah. Like this isn't just a a training injury. This is this yeah. is a, something. And I don't know what it was, but yeah. I'm thinking either football or surfing because I've yeah, been something. on some surf trips where I've just I'm a terrible not a terrible surfer. I can surf, but I try and surf bigger waves and better waves than I are. <laughs> Definitely batting above yeah. my... Not batting above my average. I'm striking out above... Yeah. I'm just striking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, see, you strike out a lot. <laughs> yeah, so... And I just get fucking walloped, but... Yeah. Um, so, yes. so, yeah. But yes. what's going on with it now then? Oh, look, it's fine. I just... um. Well, <laughs> I said that I had a weak abs and I... I, I struggle to hold a plank for one minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bizarre. That's pretty rubbish. It's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm uh, the same though. I'm similar. I just can't do it. And I can't be fucked. Like, <laughs> I just like abs and biceps. Oh, God. Yeah. I hate them. I've been getting the gun show going though. Yeah? Well. They've been looking good. Yeah, yeah. I, um, for one, one reason, for performance-wise, because I have trouble, when I'm jerking, I have trouble locking out a little bit. So yeah. sometimes I'll get um, red lights from... You know, uh, unlock snatch and unlock jerk or whatever. So I'll do a bit of bicep and tricep work. Yep. But the real reason behind it is, <laughs> I fucking real. hate people that would do that would do bicep curls. I used to f- get stuck into my mate Rosie yeah. because we used to go into the gym all day every day, and he would just sit there doing biceps, yeah. fucking ten sets, five different exercises, ten supersets of biceps and biceps. Yeah, that's right. And um, he's just a goose. A lot but, of eccentric squat biceps. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um. Nah, it's been good. It's been, I'm trying to get some extra sessions in now. So now mm. I've got, I'm getting five Ollie sessions in. And I'm trying to get a little bit more time to do either like 45 minutes of extras on the top of the session that I'm doing, like yep. in the one session, or try and get a second session in where I'm doing more bodybuilding accessory stuff. And for me, it's lower back, hamstring, glutes. But also, I feel like my upper back... So yep. I feel like I need to be doing more pulls, like more pull-ups, more pulls off the ground as in yep. like um, rows and stuff. And and I don't do much chest and, and pressing above my head, but yeah, arm work and upper back work, I think for me is pretty pretty important. So so you're no longer Bill the weightlifter, you're Bill the bodybuilder. <laughs> I'm Bill the skinny, rakey looking bodybuilder. Flower pot man. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. With a beard. Pretty, pretty much. So. I like it. Okay. Yeah, it's good. good. So you've been joining training? Um, been going alright, yeah. I had yeah. a real, real tough, um, after my last comp, um, I had a real rough three weeks. So, it, we competed on the Sunday and then I trained Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday of the next week and then just normal for the, the week after. Yep. Monday and Tuesday, there was hardly any volume and hardly any Olympics, you know what I mean? But I still just didn't feel like I was recovered. Nah. I felt like I was fucked, man. Yeah. Well, you were sleeping average, weren't you? Oh, I was sleeping a little bit average, but... Um, I just felt like I was, I always say chasing my tail, the, the expression chasing my tail, but for exa- that, the perfect example of that's how I felt. I yep. felt like I couldn't get the recovery in. Um, it's only my second comp back from being injured for a while. So I was doing stuff like I was trying to up my float tank. So making sure I get mm. at least one float mm. tank in and a treatment in per week. I started doing other things just to get, I was struggling mentally as well. So I started, I was telling you just before, I started doing um, cold showers again, started getting back on like meditating properly every day and, nice. and and trying to get a cold shower in every um every day which has given me a, a cold believe it or not but um <laughs> so it's been working 
<laughs> it's, it's doing really well. I feel like shit. It's yeah, fine. It's been, that's right. It's been, uh, it's been doing better. its job. I have a serious disease. It's been doing exactly what you think a cold shower would do <laughs> on a winter's morning. That's right. <laughs> fuck it. But, on, um, how the fuck do you get psyched up for that? Well, so... Four degrees in the, you know, outside and you're like, all right, I'm going to jump in the shower. So... Cold. During summer, because I brought up a page here because I didn't want to sound uneducated, but I because I looked into little things that you can use to boost your mental focus to boost your like get a rush of endorphins to, to start the day well basically mm. and then i remembered reading something that I, that was a little contradictory to strength training and stuff like that and it might have been a, a negative effect but it's not i've done a lot more research into it and so if you have a cold shower in the morning um for example you can start with a hot shower you can have five minutes hot shower do it like wash your hair if you want soap stuff up all that good stuff mm. and then you can um, finish with a cold. As long as you have like a minute or... You want to go about three minutes, but it's, winter it's pretty hard. But if you do like at least a minute of, of a cold shower... And then, it has to be when you start? No, no. It's when you finish. So oh, you have to finish, sorry, with, yep, so yep, you have to finish yep. with a cold. So you walk out of the shower with that invigorated yes. um, cold feeling. So it speeds up your metabolism 100%. gives you a massive boost in your metabolism. So it's great for weight loss. It speeds up muscle soreness and recovery. Um, it's a, It gives you that... Like I said, that massive flow of endorphins to start the day. So if you start the day, it's like getting a good meditation session and you start the day with a cold shower, you literally walk out of there like, yeah. fuck, I'm ready to go. Like you, you feel, it sucks a little bit because it, it takes you a little while to get warm. Like you've got to pump the heater in your, in your car and stuff like that. But gives you that um, gives you that really good boost of endorphins. So it's it's been shown to reduce depression and anxiety in people really um, just by having a cold shower 100% it's great for circulation yep. I'm just reading all these yeah, it's great, right. great. good to Webster's dictionary great, great for your um, great for your hair and skin it, literally guys so I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not a I don't know all the science behind it and I'm not gonna pretend that I do but it's great for it's just a great way to start the day so Tony mm. Robbins we talked about Tony Robbins in our last podcast yes. with JLD Tony Robbins every day starts with cold shock therapy. So if you Google just cold shock therapy, like all the Wim Hof stuff. Yeah. So the Wim yep. Hof stuff, it's it's very very good for a number of different um, a number of different factors in your life. So I've been starting the day with a cold shower. Um, so I've been just feeling really good again. And so have you really- noticed some of these 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 benefits on yourself? Um, not so much like um. You know, I can't, I can't tell whether my hair and my skin feel better and my circulation. They look better, right? <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> but um, just the alertness and the rush of endorphins, you know, because um, just felt with training being bad, I get like mentally bad, yeah. you know, at training and just also like a little bit shittier during the day. I'm not a fucking moping around, sulking all day every day if yeah. I'm not, you know perfect in training but it, you know it affects me a little bit you know I just don't feel as good as I would if I was fucking feeling great and training awesome yeah, yeah. Yep. so um, definitely definitely 100% just feel like it's a good addition to my um, daily routines that I've been trying to get into with you know getting myself off to a good start so you start with a meditation and a cold share in the morning you've already you've already won the day yeah you've already won the day haven't you, you? you've already done something what I want to know about is the uh, you mentioned before how it's really good for muscle recovery and I've looked a lot into this, you know, about um, heat therapy. And I think for my body personally, heat therapy is the way to go. I think sauna and, and all that sort of stuff works really well. I just reckon cold showers just make me even, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm looking back to, um, to the days of footy where after... The old hot and cold shower, yeah, the flush, cold. Out the, flush out the lactic acid. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I would just get super stiff. 
Oh, and, really? Um, yeah, I just, just didn't like it. Oh, I swore didn't by it. didn't work for me. So you really liked it? Swore by it. I used to go walk in the water, so um, rather than a cold shower to start the day, for after a football game yeah. on a Sunday, or if I was really sore, I would wake up 6 o'clock in the morning, go down, rug the shit out of myself up from, um, from the waist up. I'd have 50 garments on. I'd have my headphones in. But I would walk through the Port Phillip Bay water, which is brutally cold, yes. especially in football season in the middle of winter. And... Um, yeah, I think it really gave me a, a good um, boost in the recovery. I yeah. felt, I've always f- would feel good after it. Do you know what's interesting? I wonder if that's mental or or there. I mean, obviously there has been you know some sort of physical benefit out there. But my mate, who I've told you about, swears by having like you know ten wanks in the morning before he <laughs> has breakfast. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know why it's ten, <laughs> but it's it's you know it seems to work for him. And he's uh he's still single. <laughs> he, he, he um he um. He he swears by having like a six pack of beer after every game on a Saturday night, and he feels like it just it just so real, he's just a, he's just a bloke. He's just a bin, <laughs> <laughs> but like he's a really good footy player. Yeah. But he um he um he swears by drinking because it mentally relaxes him. And I'm wondering if mentally, you know, it's more beneficial to relax that way than it's physical sometimes. Well, they've done a placebo placebo oh. thing. I mean, that's that's just relaxing. That's not a placebo. He probably knows that's it's right. Not. But but like even if the walk in the water for me was placebo. It seemed to make me perform better. Placebo still is a performance um, enhancement. 100%. That, all the studies have, that, that, that they've done have shown yep. that placebo, rather than thinking that you're getting no medication, if you get a sugar pill, yep. your body goes, right, I'm, I'm coming back here. I've got, I've got what I need and it'll, it'll fight and it'll, it'll, uh, it'll boost your immune system and you'll be better than ever. So yep. placebo is a real thing. So whether it was, you know, whether it was, yeah, it was placebo or not, I used to love cold, um, cold therapy, like, you know, yes. walking in the water. Have you seen Space Jam? I have seen Space Jam. Yep. What do they drink at halftime? Cold water. Yeah. And what does it make them do? Dunk on aliens. <laughs> they think it's steroid water. <laughs> so, placebo is everything. Guys, uh, I'm quoting Bugs Bunny here, but what's up, duck? <laughs> Which actually just applies, I just realised yeah. that. <laughs> um, hey, have you got any um, good, the bad, and the science? Yeah, today? I've got some GBS. Let me sit down and sit towards it. Oh, here we go. Okay. GBS. Now let's uh, let's talk about Cleveland, mate. Just just go for it. Give me something. Give me something. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> so oh, Tommy- okay, I found an article. I found. An article. I want yeah. to, I want to read this for you. Go on. So when the Cleveland Cavaliers are done with the NBA Finals, win or lose, Kyrie Irving said he might be able to appreciate what he did in Game Five, facing elimination on the road. Irving reached deep mentally and physically and scored a playoff career high 41 points on 17 of 24 shooting. Joining Wilt Chamberlain as one of the only players in NBA history to score 40 or more points and shoot at least 70% from the field. Um, did you want to talk about LeBron in relation to Kyrie Irving, just quickly? Um, yeah, so so that was one of the greatest finals experiences um, experiences uh, of your life of, uh, that, I've, that, I've, that I've had. <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah, but, that's um, right. But I did watch it. I've watched all the finals this year. And LeBron also had 41 points. It was the, yeah, yeah. It was the, the first team ever to have two 40-point scorers in a finals game. Yes. Um, Kyrie Irving, like you say, shot 17 from 24 or whatever it was, which is ridiculous shooting. Mm. Um, so that was one of the greatest finals performances of all time. And it, all the plaudits going to Kyrie Irving, it was sick. But it's funny, like, I'm such a big... I'm, I'm a nut hugger for LeBron, 100%. A nut hugger. But, um, I've never heard that. <laughs> but, um, Jesus. But... LeBron, LeBron had 41 points, 15 boards, and 7 assists. Yeah. That's legitimately one of the greatest finals performances 
ever assembled as well. Ever now, put for people together that in. don't know the NBA, compare that with Michael Jordan or to some, some of Michael Jordan's stats. Um, How does that compare? All right. So Michael Jordan's greatest ever season that he played, Michael Jordan, and this is probably close to the greatest season ever played statistically, Michael Jordan averaged 35 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists for the season. Mm-hmm. That was the greatest season ever played. So LeBron came up with 41, 15, and 7 in the same statistical mm-hmm. categories. Um, it's unfathomably good. Yeah, yeah. It's, like Jordan used to score 45 in finals, um, hit game winners in finals. Yep. He would never normally have that many assists and rebounds. He would, it would, be, he would be very close. Or not close, but he would get a good all-round game. But those numbers, the funny thing is with LeBron is it's gotten to the point now where Kyrie Irving scores 41. He was like 41, six, um, maybe five rebounds and six assists. Yep. But he, he shot pretty well. LeBron shot also, also shot really well, not as good, but he had 15 boards and seven assists. For mine, LeBron had the better game. Yeah, right. Kyrie Irving just had never done that before. LeBron, it's like, ah, you know, that's, what, that's what LeBron does. I wanted it's, to ask something though, sorry, just to cut you off quickly. Right. Um, I mentioned uh, comparing, comparing the pair LeBron and Michael Jordan. Do you think the has the game changed much in in, the, in those years? Like, because you can you can compare, um, you know, full forwards from today and full forwards from yesterday in AFL, mm-hmm. and the game's just totally different. You just will probably I, I can't see us ever having a uh, you know one hundred goal score in a year again, or yeah. you know, for the current players we have now, is yeah. that is it similar like that? Um, look, you can't compare players from other eras apart from how dominant they were against their their. You can't. You can statistically compare them, but it's not going to give you a real indication. It, the 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 big games they'll play against the big players, whether they'll win or lose, how they could take their team to, to the heights, that's what you kind of compare. Because, for example, in NBA basketball, there never used to be a shot clock. There never used to be a shot mm. clock, so now there's a 24-second shot clock. That yeah. changed the game massively. Um, another thing that happened in NBA basketball is, back in the day, there used to be... 50 more shots per game. They just used to shoot. They didn't used to pass and wait for the open shot. They'd shoot the first shot. So, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, these guys, they used to um, average 26 rebounds a game for a season, you know? Yep. Very comfortably. Bill Russell did it for most of his career. So, if someone was to average 26 rebounds a season now, they'd be 12 rebounds ahead of the next best rebounder in the comp. Yeah, well. So, that's just changed statistically, you know? Mm. Um, They say that the NBA used to be a lot tougher in the 80s. So, Michael Jordan used to have to play against the bad boys, Pistons, um, which were tough, like tough dudes that would just beat up Michael Jordan and all of the Chicago Bulls. They could never get past them. Yep. Um, so, like, the, the New York Knicks, Patrick Ewing and John Starks, they, they were just... Um, oh, and um, what was the other guy? Charles Oakley. They were, they were brutal, you know? They were brutal to play against, and there's not that level of physicality anymore in the NBA. So people say, you know, LeBron and Kobe and these guys, they didn't play against these... Well, Kobe did a bit, but mm. they don't play against the old, tough, rough-and-tumble basketballs. LeBron, for example, is a beast. Yeah. Like, he would, he would excel. He would dominate physically more against these people back in the day. Yep. But, I mean, he's not in that day and age. So, whatever you, what you have to do is you have to compare the players of this generation against players of this generation. Yeah, How exactly. dominant is yep. he against the players that he's playing against? Because they're all playing under the same rules. Mm. Statistically, you can pretty well compare them. But, I mean, LeBron and Michael Jordan, for me, are the two standouts of the last 25 years. Magic Johnson... Um, these guys are just historically great. So not know? Kobe. Um, Kobe, look, Kobe Bryant's got a lot of fans. Kobe Bryant's one of the greatest players to ever play. ESPN did a um, greatest hundred players of all time poll the other day with like their fifty um, ESPN writers, and number top three were LeBron was number three, 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was number two. Michael Jordan was number one. Yep. Um, that's pretty... No one's going to argue with that. Well, people argue with, with the LeBron side, but you shouldn't argue with that. Sure. You know? Whereas Kobe was maybe 11th or 12th, or 15th maybe. Um, I think Shaq was 11th, actually. Okay. So the fact that Shaquille O'Neal couldn't even get in the top 10 means, you know, yeah. basketballs. A lot of good basketballs in the history of basketball. Yeah. Kobe Bryant had a great career. I think he was a, a shot-hungry ball hog. But he was a fucking good basketball. Yeah, sure. I can't deny he's still one of the best ever. Yes. Top 15, 100%. Maybe even top, probably not top 10, but this is, my, this is what I think and this is what ESPN, the greatest minds in sport think. And that was because he was never, in my opinion, the best basketballer on the team that won an NBA championship. Mm. So they won five championships. Three of them were with Shaq and Shaq was the MVP of the finals. Yep. Shaq was the best player on that team. There's yep. no doubting that. Kobe was fucking good. Yeah. But Shaq was the best player on that team. He was the Scottie Pippen for three championships. And then the second, um, the, the back-to-back that they got. So, so he had a three-peat and then a back-to-back. The back-to-back, he won the, the finals MVP. So, and he won an MVP in those years as well. So people will say he was the best player on that side. And he led that side to NBA championship. Pau Gasol, if you look at um, player effect, efficiency rating, Pau Gasol was the best player on those sides. Um, Spanish dude, mm. not great to watch, really good all-round player. Wasn't, wasn't a superstar as in his brand, the Pau Gasol brand. So he was never going to win the... It's a, it's a finals MVP is also a popularity contest. So is the NBA MVP. You need a storyline. You need people to back you in. And Pau Gasol didn't have that. Myself and a lot of other people would say that Pau Gasol was the best player in that final series as well. So that's why LeBron James only won two finals. He's been, clear, he's been to seven NBA finals. He's the best player on the side. He, he's the reason they got there. I don't think Kobe was. Mm. Um, mm. Michael Jordan, clear and away, had a great side around him, but he was the best player. Bill Russell. I mean, Magic Johnson had finals that he didn't win the MVP. You know, Kareem Wood, James Worthy won one. That's fine, but by and large, for me, Kobe just wasn't as good as people thought he was. Yeah, you know? yep, definitely. Fucking good, but... Anyway, that was a long round. What do you got next? That's no, good. Uh, look, we, uh, so the next one obviously is the bad. Now, there has been something um, quite bad um, during the week that I thought we'd touch on, the Orlando shooting. So the stats are, from what I know, 49 dead, uh, 53 injured in a gay nightclub attack. And uh, it's recently come out that apparently the gunman Omar Mateen was in fact a closet homosexual. Did you Were you aware of this? No, I wasn't aware. Yeah, right. Um and uh, yes, so apparently uh, Mateen's wife, as well as another stat, knew of the attack plans and could also be charged. But um, again, just from you know speaking generally, as always happens when there's a big uh, mass shooting in, in the US, all the uh, the debate about gun control um, comes out, and um, you know uh, people people for it have their views, people against it say it's uh, attacking their uh, their their Second Amendment rights. Do you do you firstly have an opinion, Bill? Um, I guess and. Uh, what were your initial um, thoughts, apart from the obvious, when uh, when you heard about it? Well, the obvious is it's fucking just so sad. It's mm. it, I don't have words to really speak um, that can do it justice in how sad it is. Um, and it's also, I suppose, frustrating for, for Australians from the outside looking in mm. to America's gun problems because... We don't even hear about all of the mass shootings over there. Americans don't even hear about all the mass shootings over there. There's a mass shooting every day in America. So there's there's somebody dies. Um, there's more than two. I think a mass shooting is defined by more than two people die. Is from it more than fight. two or more than four? Uh, more, look, look, it's two. It's it, two. Anyway, it's, it's something small. Yeah, it's, it's two or three people is a 
is a is a mass shooting yes. from a firearm, and there's more than one per day in yep. America, and that's you know that can be that can be you know drug related, that can be this and that. So you don't hear a lot of, a lot of it. You know, it's it's kind of hidden and pushed under the under the carpet. But yep. the fact of the matter is, by and large, it's just such a huge problem in the mm. states, and it doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be a resolution. So the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. I mean, the Constitution, Americans will have the argument and, and do have the argument that it's in their Constitution that they have a right to bear arms and they'll use it for protection to protect themselves and their family from other people with guns. Yep. But statistically, you're much more likely to shoot yourself, shoot a family member. The more guns there are, it doesn't make people safer, it makes them less safe. And I just don't understand how this isn't, more at the forefront of the of the minds of the American culture because I agree. It's, it's just the first thing they go to is safety, protection, my family. It's apparently as well. Um, the Second Amendment was put in um, in that Constitution so people could protect themselves against rogue governments. Mm. Um, so, look to my understanding, which isn't a lot, um, and so I'm happy to. Uh, to be uh, to be put into a debate with this, but um, to my understanding, that Second Amendment doesn't really seem applicable in this day and age. And um, just fighting fire with fire, from a general sense, and giving people more guns to protect themselves. I see where they're coming from, but you know, you have to look at the stats. I mean, uh, you know, since Port Arthur, uh, I'm pretty sure we. I, I can't. I can't think of a mass shooting we've had. But we haven't had one. We haven't had one, and that's you know. People, people can say, oh, yeah, but, um, you know, the US and Australia is a different country. Sure, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we still had a lot of mass shootings. So 18 years prior to Port Arthur, we had 13 mass shootings because yeah. we still had guns around. I mean, that's yeah. close to almost one a year, you know. And mm. when we took guns out of the picture, we haven't had one. But even, um, you know, furthermore to that, uh, suicide has been down related to guns. Mm. Um you know, just general theft and robbery, 50, 60% yeah. related to guns. Like the, the, the stats speak for themselves. Yeah, they do. But I mean, is it... So the Second Amendment here, I've just got it up right in front of me. A sure. well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yep. So basically, you have the right to um, to arm yourself so that you can have the freedom of a free state and you can, you can look after yourself. Whatever. That's basically what it's for. But... When the Constitution was written or the amendment for the right to bear arms was written, it was hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. There, wasn't, there wasn't 300 fucking million people That's in the right. States. There wasn't million. more guns in, you know. The, the problem now that America face is there's too many fucking guns to do a gun buyback. You can't, the government can't buy back three, because that's what um, uh, Australia did. It was a, it was a gun buyback. Yep. I'm correct in saying I that. I believe right? so, was, yes, yeah. I believe so. So basically, the government can't buy back 300 million firearms, 300 million plus firearms. Sure. That's insane. Yep. And the other thing is, Australians got sick of the point that people were dying. We wanted to, we wanted to get rid of this problem and, and hand in all of our guns. Americans don't want to do that mm. because of the right to bear arms. The, the, Brian Callan is one of, the smartest, one, one of the smartest guys that I listen to in podcasts. He's so well read. I fucking agree with everything he says. Fight on the kid. Host Brian Callan for anyone that's listening. Brian Callan is such a, such a smart guy. I grew up all around the world. Um, really well read. Like I said, really articulate. They, on the fight on the kid, they comment on 
gun violence in the United States mm-hmm. and they say Brian Callan's first go-to is this is why more people need guns. They need to take that shooter out. Someone needs to have a gun to take that shooter out. And that statistically, again, just doesn't happen because people don't know how to handle fire. It won't happen, but that's, that's the go-to. That's what makes sense by and large to a lot of the American people. And yeah. the thing is, if you try and do a gun buyback now or you try and outlaw certain types of firearms, which you should, I mean, or there's a lot of restrictions on them. Yeah, tighten restrictions is the first, the first step. But yes. I mean, you have to be very careful with what happens there because I feel like the American people are as passionate about their right to bear arms as they were as passionate about slavery. Yeah. And that was in the Constitution. Right. That was... Con- and, and Abraham Lincoln abolished slavery at, and it cost a fucking civil war. Yeah. You know, I... Look, I, I'm not that well-versed in American culture. Um, so please forgive me, listeners, if you, do, if, you don't, uh, if you don't agree with me. These are just my thoughts. But it feels to me like... America is at a really, really volatile position right now because, for one, their government structure is the, the weakest it's been in a long time with Donald Trump could could very well yeah. realistically become president. Yep. Hopefully, he's smarter than he, he makes out. and Does some good for the place. <laughs> does some good for the place. But the other thing is this gun problem, is it's bubbling to a head and at some point, something's got to happen and it feels to me like whichever president wants to try and, you know, Put in reforms. Mm. That's going to be the he- most heavily guarded president by the CIA of all time because people CIA because people are going to want to fucking kill him. Yep. Um, the other thing is, it feels to me like Americans would fucking die. They they would fight for for the right to bear arms. Which I, I just like don't. Un- I just don't understand. You can look at mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting. You can look at children who are getting you know who are getting shot down, and yet the right to bear arms is a perfectly acceptable argument. I don't mm. understand that. Mm. It's like, hey, look at all these people that are dying. If you just tighten gun laws like Australia and all these other places did, um, you know, we can you can literally get rid of it. Yeah, but it takes away my Second Amendment. Well, what I don't und- I look and look because I'm not well versed in the American culture like yourself. I, I don't understand that side to it. But from my understanding, it doesn't make sense at all. Well, like I said, the it's a, it's a Second Amendment right, and that's fair enough. It is in your amendment. Uh, it is sorry. It is in the Constitution, so you should be able to do it. Yep. But you know. A lot of fucking stuff has changed in the Constitution yeah, over the journey. That's right. Think, and, of, bla- think of black rights, think of slavery. That, ho- that I mean, at some point, the world has to fucking change. Yeah. You can't stay in the past at a, at a parchment that was written fucking hundreds of, hundreds of years ago and think this is applicable to today. Exactly. Because it's just, it's not so... And I would argue that if I was um, living in a country where mass shootings, like you said before, went on every single day... Um, I don't think I'd feel as free, if you want to call it that, um, as uh, living in a place where uh, um, you know gun- guns weren't around. And uh, if they want to, if they want to put an argument forward that fights for their freedom, I think it's slightly ironic. Yeah, look, it, I, I don't know what you do about it. The, the problem for me is there's too many guns already in circulation, you know. So, mm. you, and then there's just, there's such a demand for it. As soon as you, it's just it's. It, you you take guns away, it's more of a black market trade. It's it's yep. it's a real real problem. I don't know what they're going to do, man. Yeah. Do you know one more just um, before we move on? There there was a cool argument um, that someone was speaking to a a pro gun lobbyist um, about about that exact point. They said, um, yeah, well, you know, if you uh, if you take guns away or you you know restrict their uh, restrict their laws, people are going to find ways to get guns anyway. <laughs> it's kind of like saying, yeah, well, it's the same with drugs, like. Do you think we shouldn't have any drug laws just because people are going to find a way to get coke? It's like, 
people are going to find a way. It doesn't mean we should get rid of laws altogether. You know, mm. those laws should still be in place because it's illegal yeah, it's for people, a reason. People talking about my friend. Um, uh, one of my friends I travelled with overseas. He was on his um, honeymoon. He was one of the, one of the great guys of, of all time. His name was Dave. He was American, and he said, um, he said. We were talking about gun laws. This is like five years ago. We we're talking about gun laws and shootings in America and stuff. Sure. And he said, he said he has a right to bear arms. Um, he has a right to have a gun. Sure, guns kill people. He goes, I can kill you with my fucking hands. You gonna take my hands away from me? <laughs> Which you know, people say truck licenses. You can fucking mow down twenty people in a truck and kill them. But do you? No, that's right. It's not as accessible. No, it's not. It's just it doesn't make sense. That that argument doesn't it make sense. Doesn't Look, make sense at all. I mean, there's gonna be we got a lot of American listeners. There's gonna be a lot of people that don't agree to the points that we're facing but this yep. is just this is this is literally what it looks like from from Australia yep. who as a country that had mass shootings obviously we have a, a tenth of the population that America has or less but we did have mass shootings till, till 1996 and then we we uh, tightened our gun laws and had a massive gun buyback and we haven't had one since so it's just it's frustrating I mean look I think we've this is a, a short shoot the shit show today so yeah. I don't think we can stay on it forever it's 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 sad for the American people. It's shocking. just sad for Absolutely the world. Absolutely shocking. Just, I hope, yep. I hope, um, I hope it, something can happen there. Absolutely. And we're always open to debate, guys. We're not right at all. So uh, please chime in and <laughs> let us know right your thoughts. All. We're definitely not right. We're not wrong, but we're not right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's well, move on. What do you got? All right. So the science. Physicist Enrico Fermi, during a discussion about the possibility of alien life, asked a very important question recently. Where is everybody? This is now known as the Fermi paradox. If the universe is... Oh, just, I've just lost my, uh, my word here. Let me start again. This is now known as the Fermi Paradox. If the universe is so big and so full of the right stars and planets, why haven't we met other civilizations yet? So humans have been sending broadcasts uh, into space for about 80 years, reaching about 8,500 stars and uh, nearly 3,500 Earth-like planets. Um, you have to think about the scale of the universe. People are starting, I almost feel like people are starting to get fed up and really want an answer about like if there's alien life and if there's life. Just, just starting to get fed up. Just (laughs) just starting to get fed up after all these years. After all these 200,000 years of human existence. (laughs) That's right. But, uh, Bill, I guess the thing is, you know, um, I was actually, I'm actually going to go off a slight tangent of this article. Um, we spoke about it, not in great length a couple of weeks ago, um, do you think this is something where people sort of debate if they want to get found? Like, do do we want to know if there's alien life out there or are we happy in our own ignorance? What do you think? Oh, I think the most of the most of the human race would f- would pay good money to find out if there's other life out there. I've heard that some people don't. Um, why, why do you think that would be? I think, um, well, I think different people are sort of, you know, can be scared happy in their the own idea. shoes. They can be scared of the idea. I mean, you know, you, <laughs> have you seen Independence Day? Jesus. Yeah. Independence <laughs> Wouldn't like want that. coming out soon. It is. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. No, but I, I think, um, you know, as humans, we should be curious about all that stuff. We should always be asking why. But some people um, are just happy to live the way they live and just, you know, accept it. it. Yeah. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've, oh, it's the number one thing that I would love to find out. But, I mean, the Fermi Paradox, yeah, it's a very good argument because if they are out there, why haven't we found them? Why haven't they come to us? Um but the thing is, you've got to understand, people say, why haven't we had alien visitations come to us? Yep. The Fermi Paradox, we haven't been able to find them, any signal, any radio signal, whatever. But the thing is, we've been in a position to find and look for alien signals and life forms and so forth, you know, by um, radio waves that they put off in around distant planets and galaxies and so on and so forth. And, okay, so we've been able to do that for about 
Eighty years. Eighty years. Which is nothing. Eighty years. Yeah. Out of thirteen point nine billion years. Eighty years. And okay, so why haven't they visited us? Um, we know the history of about fucking 5,000 years of human <laughs> yeah. existence out of 200,000 years. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't understand what the Fermi paradox, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting, but I don't understand what people think and, and how regularly we're supposed to get visited by aliens if they are out there. And also, why would they, if, you know, like we say, uh, we're such a young, young civilization, why the fuck would they want to visit us? Well, I you mean, know? I think what the Fermi Paradox is saying, by chance, yep. you know, maybe they don't have by a chance telescope they that, that can us. see our culture and see what we're up to and for what we're doing and what we're doing wrong. Yeah. I don't know if, you know, they're probably, just by and large, just fucking flying past our planet and, yeah. and saying hello. Um, yeah, for me, there's definitely life out there. There has to be. I, I think it'd be ridiculous to think otherwise, but... Um, I kind of look at it as, let's say, someone standing on the other side of Melbourne and I'm standing uh, on the outskirts of Dandenong, Okay. And I've just put a signal out. For people that years don't ago. know where that is. Yeah, sorry, guys. I'll uh, I'll be twenty kilometers or thirty kilometers. Twenty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, based on us. Uh, let's say I'm living in a house uh, thirty kilometers away from where alien life form is. Okay, which is so much smaller on a, you know so much of a smaller scale in comparison to what we're actually talking about here. Realistically, those aliens are standing, you know, in New Zealand. Okay? Yeah, really far away. Let's say I've opened my door out of my bedroom. Okay, that's realistically what we've done. And we've gone, hello, hello, can you hear yeah. me? Uh, they, they can't even, I mean, it's just so unfathomably big. So, yeah. this, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I couldn't agree more. Anyway. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. So, um, hey, I'm getting a tattoo today. Really? Yeah. Ah, uh, again, I know that. But for the <laughs> listeners, I'll pretend that I don't. Hey, I'm getting a tattoo today. What are you, wow. <laughs> yes. What are, you, what are you getting? So, I'm getting a... Uh, big shalong on the arm. Yeah, I'm getting a big uh, I love docs guy. <laughs> 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 no, I'm going uh, from the left shoulder down to the left elbow. I was about to say right elbow, but that would look bizarre. <laughs> um, and it's a, uh, a piece It's to do with sort of uh, some meditation... Some spirituality stuff. Um, it's <laughs> got like it a look, big eye. What does it look like, man? Oh, yeah. So it's a yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a big like sort of. Um, what am I trying to say here? I don't actually know what I'm getting. I'm gonna walk in there and just. Uh, <laughs> nah, look. It's a it's a big third eye. There's a um, there's a hand that comes out of like this um, this artistic sort of designed wall, um, holding a, a timepiece, so holding a pocket watch with a time that's um, symbolic to me. And it's gonna have a little bit of color, a little bit of shading, a little bit of three D ish sort of look. It's gonna take six hours. So why though? Why um, well, every tattoo should have a story. Yes. If it doesn't, cool, yep. whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Just art. But why? What's the story behind it all? And so, what's the clock represent? So the clock um, is a timepiece. I guess time is um, time is forever. Um, I really like that. But you, had it, just you that, said it had a specific time on the timepiece. It piece. did. So it actually refers to a date. Um, so it's 214, which is actually 2014, which is a big year for me. It was the year that I actually discovered um, all this mindfulness stuff and... Um, Went down that path, and uh, it was a big year for the family, and um, big year for uh, for everyone close to me, which is really good. Um, and uh, yeah, look, it's got a lot of uh, meaning, which I won't delve too deeply into it. But uh, basically, what the tattoo represents is the hand um, holding the timepiece. So it's sort of representing that that was a, a big year for me, and it's bursting out of a wall, which was a, a sort of a, a tough wall to break through. Um, with the third eye, which is the um, symbol for meditation, I guess looking down on all this. So basically, mm-hmm. like the uh, 
meditation and mindfulness and just sort of just be, you know, just just chilling out a bit <laughs> um, is sort of looking down on this and um, uh, I guess I've sort of changed as to who I was pre-2014. And all, all the tattoos that I have are sort of kind of related to... Um, to things that have sort of made me a different and a better person. Mm-hmm. So I've got sort of three or four now. And um, this will be number one. But yeah, I can't wait, man. Looking forward to it. Did you say you've got three or four now and this will be number one? <laughs> <laughs> this will be... What I meant was... <laughs> That's definitely what you said, isn't it? It's 100% what I said. Fuck no, man. So you this do your maths real oh, back to front. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, no, what I mean is this is the one I'm mostly looking forward to. Okay. I can't believe you didn't get that. This will be your big one, yeah. <laughs> this will be the big one. Oh, this I went never straight, straight over my head. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can't believe you didn't really pretend the lines there. <laughs> hey, uh, we got another guest in uh, in two minutes. Yeah, let's move on. Well, a couple of minutes. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening, guys. little update from the from us, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Boom. All right, gang, that was our Shoot the Shit episode. Hope you uh, hope you enjoyed it. We're going to keep um, hitting you guys with Shoot the Shits just to keep um, you updated on what we're up to, and it's a little bit more of a chance to um, talk some shit um, and, uh, and have a good time. Bill, hit me with your sponsors and subscriptions, my friend. All righty, so if you like the show, guys, as always, if you could subscribe on iTunes, that would be great. That'll help us build the show and bring you more awesome content. And also, the podcast show notes will be at www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcast. And audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio for our audible trial offer and adventure fit travel www.adventurefittravel.com. Get on that, get on a trip. Alrighty, see you next time. Boom.